tangents. Exploring the spaces where life and truth intersect. Why does everyone in Britain call people Govna? I don't know. I think it's a Londoner when they say Govna. Right, it's a Cockney thing. Yeah. I just, I just, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't what, know. What, what does that come from? I don't know. That should be your, your, I'll you find know, out. Your random moment. For I have lots today. more than that, but that can be one of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Michelle King, you old so-and-so. <laughs> it's been a moment. It has been a moment. Since we have sat together to be random. Yes. I've been random tangent. by myself, but we have not been random together. I, I, I don't think either one of us ever ceases being random. Correct. Um, even whilst preaching, I still That would be really random. correct. <laughs> Yes, you can be very random. But you always bring it back, so it's okay. I honestly believe that the randomness is often Holy Spirit randomness. You think? Yeah, because I find myself in the middle of talking about something I never meant to talk about. And then it's like, this pertains exactly to what... Oh, sure. Yeah, you definitely we do that. Going, and but then I, you have some non-spiritual and, randomness. I try and too. make it look like I did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> You back it, reel it back in, and throw some scripture in there. Ha! I'm just gonna put some Jesus on this, and everybody's gonna think that was <laughs> what I meant to do in the first place. Oh I'm, I'm, well, I'm hello, people. Revealing all my secrets. Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm Michelle King, and I am Josh Hawkins. Welcome once again after a short leave of absence. Dun dun dun. To the random. Tangents podcast. It's hot here in the Midwest. It is indeed. It's yeah. hot. It's pretty much hot everywhere right now. What, I think it don't is. Don't you think? But it's we've had really crazy storm after storm after storm. Right. Yeah. It's nutty. I, I am had ready to set for some my dryness. Alarm the last couple of days because nature has woke me up with lightning and thunders. Oh, I thought you meant you had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why are you telling people no, that? that wasn't what I was referring to. <laughs> it's the first to. sign of old age, dear. Yes, well, you know. <laughs> no, nature has woke everybody up. Um, right. My exactly. daughter decided that it literally, you know, kaboomed right next to where she was sleeping. Like she was swore it hit the house. That's how it feels sometimes. Yeah. I, as I was getting in the car this morning to go to my first meeting, uh, there was a clap of thunder that really felt like it was trying to come in the car door with me. I was like, whoa, that's scary. We were at a restaurant, Rachel and I, yesterday. Um, and uh, and just as we needed to leave to pick up the kids from their first day of school, mm-hmm. um, this huge storm came through with crazy wind gusts. Yep. And we kind of sat in the restaurant for a few minutes thinking maybe it'll die down, but it didn't. And it was getting worse and worse. And so I had to go. And this restaurant did not have double doors. You know what I'm talking about? Two layers of door. Mm -hmm. It was one. And so I walked out and the wind caught the door and I thought it was going to pull the door all the way open and like smash the glass of the door. And so I wrestled it back (laughs) to (laughs) 
clothes. As you're soaking wet. As I'm getting soaked. That I ran to the van. And then, thankfully, a gentleman inside the restaurant helped my wife get out the door once I had the van as close to the building as, as possible. Because I was going to get out and like do the door. But then I saw the door open and this guy was there kind of holding it. Ooh, squinting against the wind. It was quite an adventure. <laughs> and then I didn't get Starbucks because of that. I was very upset. But, sorry. Uh, but so sorry. <laughs> I thought you liked Five Lakes. I didn't think you liked Starbucks. I like Five Lakes. Yes, I do. The only thing that Five Lakes I don't think does quite as well is iced coffee. Ah, why do you think? Which you would think, you know, it's just cold coffee, right? right. But I, for some reason, I've had both, and I just like Starbucks iced coffee better. Hmm. Just Maybe it's odd. the brew that they use, or yeah, I don't. Sometimes know. it's bitter. Like I like I like it cold. I'll typically yes. get it frozen, right? Versus just on ice because it feels more bitter right. when I have it just on ice but i, I also know. do that at home too I, though i don't know what they do i don't know what uh, I, d- I don't know i just know generally mm. i like it better from starbucks okay every other form of coffee and or chai or other things you would get at a coffee house i prefer five legs but not that and plus we were right by starbucks you know good to know <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure every one of our listeners yes they're writing so this down. Their lives have been enriched. If you guys want to bless Pastor Josh with a gift certificate for cold coffee to Starbucks. It was Starbucks. my birthday yesterday. Don't forget that, That's everyone. That's right. It was your birthday. Michelle bought me a candle that said, smell my nuts on it. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. <laughs> you better edit that out. It really did say that. Or not. <laughs> you have to give context to that because that is so highly inappropriate without context. Well, okay. So years ago, when I was a youth pastor, I'm going to kill you <laughs> on record. When, when, I, when, I, when I was a youth pastor, we were standing in the mall, and. You know, in the mall, if you've been to any mall, there's one of these places in almost every mall I've been to that is roasting almonds and it has that un- just that smell that just wafts down the hallways of the mall. We were at the opposite end and you smelled and, it as soon I, as you got oh, in. It's just it's so heavenly. It's such a heavenly smell. But then one of the students. And I don't think they meant for it to sound the way that it did when they said it. But one of the students said, could I just stand here and smell your nuts? (laughs) And Michelle was there. And we both (laughs) tried very hard not to laugh very, very hard. No, I think from then on, I did say something every once in a while. You're going to go to the mall? Ask him to smell your nuts? (laughs) Because you didn't want to buy anything. You didn't want to buy it. No, I didn't want to buy anything. Yeah. So since then... I think, but then my guess is you saw that candle. I did. In Shipshawana. I was in Shipshawana and I got you and Rachel both a candle. Yes. Let me clarify. That's true. <laughs> it was a birthday present though for me. It that was a birthday present for you, but then I thought I should bring her candle because yes. I know she loves candles. She does. And hers was appropriately Henri as yes, well. it was. And so stop by their house and give him his birthday candle. <laughs> <laughs> Brian just shakes his head at me because he yeah. knows I'm, uh, you know, I'm nuts. Anyway, speaking of that, we're going to talk about marriage today. Exactly. <laughs> what a great 
segue. What a great segue you into know, our, that just happens in, to us. It just we're topic. randomly we have no idea what like we're gonna I talk said, about. It's Holy Ghost driven <laughs> randomness. <laughs> there's gonna be Oh my goodness. There's gonna be a random area in heaven. All the random people just go over there. No, I think that by then, you know, because we'll all be made perfect. Mm. So everyone will be random. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. I will agree with that. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. We'll be purified into randomness. Because <laughs> if you've spent any time around the Holy Spirit, he seems like an extremely random individual. I know he isn't, but it definitely feels that way sometimes. I often wonder. And I will say, do you know him. what you're doing? <laughs> Oh, I ask I go, him that on I'm a regular sorry. basis. Yeah. I'm sorry I say that. Yeah. yeah but, I, but do you know? Do you see that? Do you yeah. know? I do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We had someone, I, I got in a fight with my wife, which you already knew this, but uh, on Tuesday night, and then and then we came to a church event. <laughs> and uh, Doesn't it happen and, that way and often? I, well, it usually does, yeah. actually. It, my parents used to, not allow us to do anything on Saturday evenings because drama always ensued. Whenever we did anything, there would be a problem. Yeah. And so they just, Saturday night is, you're going to be at home doing nothing. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, the devil's going to find his way in. Mess and drive things. separately. A lot of times, <laughs> seriously, I, I know so many pastors and their wives who they literally oh drive separately to church. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, because we of those do, things. but it's not, that's not why. No. We do drive separately, but that's usually because we need to be here at separate times or, I don't know. I mean, there's a million no, reasons. No, they were pur- purposely drive separately. Does that makes sense. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Because when do you, you know, you fight in the car. You're like. You? <laughs> and you don't want to end up at church, you know, all stirred up like that. Bless you, brother. Brother, but bless then there you, was sister. A, uh, there was a beloved seasoned saint here in the building. And I had said to her, Rachel's mad at me because I lost her keys. She deserves to be mad at me. I did lose her keys. And that's why she was late. And that's why she's mad at me. And, and she gave me the sweetest look and said, I didn't think pastor's wives could get angry with their husbands. Was she being silly? No. <gasps> really? She absolutely meant it. And no, I... Well, that's not who I thought it was then, because <laughs> if it's who I thought it was, she totally would know that you would. Uh, no, no. Um, uh, and and <laughs> I just looked at her, because for a minute I thought she was joking. Yeah. But no, she was absolutely serious. And I said, I said, I think pastor's wives have more reason to get yeah. angry with their husbands than other. I, I, so often they're the last ones to know what's going on. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't feel that way with you two. I think you guys no, are pretty, pretty good, good communicators. I do think cell phones and different things like that have helped that. But, you know, I have had other pastor friends and I've worked for another pastor and she was literally the last to know everything. Well, and they get voluntold. Exactly. You know, yep. into doing things. that. So as a pastor and pastor wife. I'm not a pastor's wife. <sighs> anyway, how do you... I would never marry a pastor. That's just... That's what she said. I would never marry a male pastor, for sure. <laughs> Don't say never. I mean, you won't never. But you know what I mean. She said she would never marry a pastor. 
and yeah, she but, did. Yeah, but uh, you can't yeah, say but, never. But I know you won't marry a male pastor. No. <laughs> What is wrong with you I, today? That just had to be out there. <laughs> okay. <I'm sorry. laughs> Listen. I can't be a pastor's wife unless the pastor is my husband. Doesn't that make sense? Yes, anyway. but you were not listening to what I yes, was Yes, I was. I am listening. Okay. I'm As a also... pastor and the pastor's wife, yes. your wife, Rachel, Sure. in marriage, because obviously there are different, there's different things. It's a, it's a marriage, but, and it's a normal marriage, but yet there is a lot of additional stuff that goes with that so how do you guys first of all what what would you say are the top priorities in a marriage specifically in a pastoral marriage and then what are the things that you guys do to make sure that you stay connected yeah we we were married a long time before we were in vocational ministry we've always done ministry together from the time from our dating days all the way until now. Okay. Um, because we're both just people that love Jesus and care about his mission in the world. So we've all, we've always done ministry. And as long as I've known her, we've done ministry together. Um, usually, I mean, worship in particular. Yes. Uh, we've, we've been leading worship together for maybe almost 10 years longer than we've been in a romantic relationship with each other. Okay, I was going to ask you because I knew that you had, but I didn't know how long. Yeah, it it can't have been 10 years because I was 16. So it would have been, so it's it's five years. Five years, yeah. Um, Then we were together as a couple. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, and then, you know, we were dating for a year before we got married. So, so. And you've been married 21 years. Right. Yeah. yeah. Twenty-one years, uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, and so we've been doing ministry together now for almost thirty years, which makes me feel very old. You are. To say that. Have you seen your beard? But uh, but I have. <laughs> I try not to look at the gray parts, <laughs> just the red. It's ones. getting more and more. Uh, it's getting harder. But um, anyway, so uh, I I don't remember your question. <laughs> yes, uh, I do. I do. As okay. I do. I do. I do. Um, maybe the, uh, maybe the, the listeners the, need to rehear the their question. Well, okay. What, go ahead. Your, the question was, first of all, what are the important elements in a marriage? Do you feel? And, uh, especially being pastor and wife and how do you two work at staying connected? Okay. Um, Keep it PG. Well, obviously, although <laughs> the non PG stuff is definitely high on the priority list. Um, <laughs> that's a given. Okay, well, go ahead. <laughs> no, I don't think it is a given at all, but, okay. but we don't have to go there. But, um, but our connection to each other is a higher priority than the ministry has to be. Amen. Um, our connection to each other is a higher priority than our connection to our kids. Not much higher, but it is higher. Um, uh, I always tell the kids, you know, she was here before you and she's going to be here when you're gone. <laughs> so yep. she gets my first, she gets, you know, but first, first priority, not that they're not priority, but she gets first priority. I think that's the way it should be. And, uh, and so maintaining a real relationship of honesty, of 
um, of cooperation, of seeing one another and taking care of each other. Uh, that that comes that comes before anything else. And if and if ministry ever threatened our ability to do that, it we would lay down the ministry thing first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was there have been times when I have stepped back from certain ministry things, certain responsibilities that I had where I've had to step away from that because I need to spend this time on, you know, I, I, and not out of ministry completely, but just changing the shape of what, what my life of ministry looks like. Sure. Because I need to, you know, connect more. I, I need to pay more attention to my marriage. And this is one way I can, you know, one area I can do that. But then ministry too, for us, especially the worship thing, is absolutely a part of how we are connected to each other. Right. Doing worship together is uh, one of the ways we cooperate the best. One of the ways that we... You are very in tune with each other. Yeah. It's obvious. And and, and I think that's a really important part of our marriage is, is us leading worship together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it really helps. One of the reasons that we decided to, that we were both worship leaders in our own right, but one of the reasons we decided to do more worship leading together, and there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons was that someone really close to us was a worship leader and was leading worship with someone else who they were not married to and ended up having an affair with that person because there is an emotionality to doing music together and to... Mm -hmm. And to, and and this, I'm not going to say leading worship together is what led them into. Obviously, they made other choices, you know. Right. But, but that was. It sometimes you know, the, can make it easier when you are in a, um, a setting, that tends to be more intimate, and I don't mean intimate to necessarily each other. Right. But we get confused, and your dad talked about this before in sermons. You know, we get confused with intimacy with God and then intimacy with each other sometimes when we're not married to people we're not married to. You go on mission trips, you have the same types of things that happen. Lord, mission trips are known for breeding affairs. Right. Yeah, and Uh, it's it's bad. (laughs) It's so sad. It is Uh, sad. But it's real, and I know of several marriages that have been ruined because... Husband went off on missions trip and really connected with a woman that was there on a missions trip without her husband. Mm-hmm. And so when they came back or even sometimes on the missions trip itself, things happened that shouldn't have happened and so, which ended in the end of a marriage. Yep. Um, and so that's that is just more reason why Rachel and I do so much ministry together, because it it actually it feeds into our connection to each other. Music is emotional. Music is an intimate thing. When you're singing harmony with someone, there is a, you know, there, there's an intimacy there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and God created music. He did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, music is right. The language of the heart, right. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways. Um, and so, and that's not, that's not just true of music. It's true. Anytime you're doing ministry side by side with someone else, uh, you're pr- you're gonna 
you're, you're going to have a closeness with them. You should anyway. Um, I think. Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, if you're not careful with that, if you don't set good boundaries for it, or if you're hurting and this person is providing some level of comfort or whatever that you're not getting from your spouse, right? Um, that can, the enemy will sneak in there and send that off and, Absolutely. So, and in a direction that you never expected. Expected or intended. And if you aren't, um, it's not the right word to say, keep your walls up, but you, you need to be always be aware yeah. of, of the enemy roaring, you know, go, going around prowling, mm-hmm. looking for places. Right. I mean, and marriage is going says, to be one of them above all else, guard your heart for from and flow the streams of life. And, and if we're not watching, um, you know, there have been multiple times when, you know, I was in a working relationship with, you know, a, with a woman and we were friends, but then like there was a shift at some point, uh-huh. not in, not it's, that's never happened in my heart, but there was, I sensed, you sensed a shift that on there her was end. a shift yeah. and I backed off, yeah. you know, I put some distance mm-hmm. um, because I, I quit a job because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Whatever you got to do. Yeah, my marriage is more important. Right. And I won't risk it. So if you could name the top three things that are the most important in a marriage, what would you say that they would be? Putting you on the spot. Well, it's just going to be cliche stuff, but it's true. I mean, there's okay. a reason they're cliches. Okay, but I think people need to Communication is remember. absolutely important. And... There's so many levels to that statement. There really is. But can I jump in on that communication? I feel like it has to be not just you're communicating with them and you guys are on the same page of what you're doing. But communication also nowadays includes, you know, my husband has access to any of my stuff. Um, Anytime I'm doing anything, because I work for you and we're friends and we've been friends for 20 years, you know, and I keep that. It's like we have any kinds of conversations. I'm always telling him about my day. I know you tell Rachel mm-hmm. because it's it's not just about saying a conversation about what's going on in your lives, but being open and vulnerable about the other relationships that you have, mm-hmm. especially if it has to do with the opposite sex, just because of what the enemy does right. and being vulnerable and saying saying things like, you know, if it's someone is struggling with something that is, you know, hey, I'm struggling with this, and I, they need to be able to feel safe enough to talk to their spouse about it. Yeah. So it's a it's a communication, but it's a vulnerability, and right. that is often missing in well, a relationship. Well, I think vulnerability would have been like number two on my list because okay. communication, I would say, we need to talk about honesty mm-hmm. as a part of that honest communication. And that is honesty in all of its, in in all of its forms. If I'm feeling a thing, I need to be able to communicate that, mm-hmm. even if it's negative. I need to be able to communicate it in a way that's not me, you know, not taking shots at right. the other person. But I need to be able to say, "This is how I'm feeling right now." Um, you know, there's always the 
the the things that counselors you know you can't say always you can't say, say never. never you can't say you make me you know uh-huh. you do say when this happens I feel like right and those are all great tools and important right um, uh, but um, communication is has to happen I I cannot tell you I I have watched so many marriages fall apart especially in the last few years, all of them, literally all of them. um, It was one person in the marriage who had just never communicated the, the truth of how they felt about pieces of their relationship with the other person. Mm -hmm. They had been bearing the weight of, a negative emotion towards that other person for 20, 30, 40 years, never communicated it with the other person. And then out of the clear blue sky, they somehow, and it's different things that, that have caused this in the different situations, but all of a sudden they can no longer live without communicating it. Right. And it has gone so long and it's carried so much weight that it's broken through. And now the chances of them fixing or surviving that marriage that well, the mm-hmm. chances of that marriage surviving the weight of 40 years of unspoken baggage. Right. They're very small. Right. Very, very small. And and the thing is, in most of those cases, the other person is completely gobsmacked. Right. They had no idea. Right. They had no clue whatsoever. They thought they were happy. They thought things were going well. They thought everything was fine. Right. They didn't know. This person has resented them for a long time. Right. And 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 oftentimes that can oftentimes that can come from different trauma that sure. they bring into yeah, the marriage and I mean we had to work through it. I mean my husband should be grateful that I over communicate. He he would not communicate at all and can go for weeks on end and not talk to Are a single soul. To this, Brian? Yes, you and he will listen be to this. Grateful. I know. You should be grateful. No, and I've said that to him. I said you should be grateful because I've walked through my parents getting divorced. I've been divorced, all these things, and I'm I refuse to allow the enemy to do that. So mm-hmm. I had trauma from past, and even though. He would say something not in the same spirit at all. What I heard was through the trauma. And instead of me just shutting down and not communicating and not doing anything, I had to push through the hurt and I'm not saying it in a in a uh, haughty way it was painful it was hard I didn't want to do it I wanted to you know cuss him out and and just put up a wall and not talk to him but I kept hearing God say you can't do that you have to push through and so there was probably a few years of he would say this and and what I was hearing was my dad or I was hearing my ex-husband and he wasn't that person and, and God absolutely gave me Brian, yeah. which I want to ask that question in a little bit. But 
I had to push through. And so many times I've seen it and I'm not a pastor and you've counseled with many people and stuff like that. But how many times have I seen people come in with their baggage and pride and stubbornness and baggage that they are not willing to face, address, let go of, put down, talk about, go talk to somebody doesn't have to be a formal counselor, but someone who is wise and will give them good counsel. You know, they refuse to do it. And then everything just ratchets up into this yep. crazy ice snowball thing. And then 20, 30, 40 years later, I mean, how many times have we seen, you know, I, I just, my f- mouth drops when I hear, they were married for 50 years and they got right. divorced? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Bo- I mean, this is what Brian says. Why bother <laughs> at that point? point? At that time. Yeah. <laughs> but it probably goes back to what you said. Right. And and it is a lack of honest communication that is in my opinion that's the issue. Mm-hmm. That there is and it may be that they don't know how to communicate. It may be it could be a thousand different things. But if they had had the conversation 20 years before, even though it would be painful. It, of course it would. And hurtful. Yeah. To do that. Now, on, sometimes on, people don't know how to deal with it. And and I love my husband dearly, but he doesn't know what to do with sometimes with my vulnerability. Right. And he just looks at me like a deer yeah. in a headlight. Like, yes. I have no idea. <laughs> well, we can stop. Rachel, Rachel does the same thing. And <laughs> in, in our marriage, I'm probably the, the emotional person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she'd I be mean, more like, just stop it. Get over it. She's a very emotional person, but but like, but like, there's so many times when when I'm looking at her and expressing an emotion and she's just like, well, get over it. Uh-huh. You know, uh, it, it because she, that's just not how her brain works. Sure. It's not, and that's um, what she does. Right. She just and, gets over it. <laughs> that's right. She just moves out. I'm like, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. All I need is for you to hear this. I, you can't fix it. Right. But... Don't tell me to get over it, uh, but but I still have to communicate. You know that that even if um, the response is not she, you know, our spouses aren't shouldn't be can't be our counselors. No, and if we need to seek out counseling, we should absolutely do so. Right, um, and we first should be going to God about things. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, not you know, if there's if you have emotional, mental verbal sexual abuse that's going on within your marriage absolutely get out of that situation not saying get a divorce but you you back up and get out of that situation and then reevaluate and see you don't stay in there you know unless you 1000 percent hear god say which i don't know that god would I, i i don't know that the god that i serve would say stay in a abusive relationship well, and I worry about even saying that because people that are in divorce or divorce, people that are in uh, abusive situations will hear themselves say that they should stay. Right. And you're not, you're saying it's not necessarily the Lord. And they the may Lord. mistake that for the Lord's voice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, taking that out of the equation. Yeah. Even if the spouse doesn't necessarily respond the way you would want, you still, it is important for you to communicate. Right. Then you have to take that to the Lord and say, okay, 
I can't make them feel or think a certain way or understand me. I need you to help me deal with me yeah. and go from there. And I feel like that is, well, but there I mean, needs to be compromise. I, th- I think the three things that I would name, since you asked me for three, would be communication and then vulnerability. Mm-hmm. There has to be a place where I am vulnerable to my wife, mm-hmm. where uh, I can't be a cold, you know, self-contained in, you know, uh, invulnerable person and be a part of a marriage. Mm-hmm. There has to be a, that's the whole point. This is the, and I say this to married to couples a lot and this might be PG 13, but this is the person you are, are naked with. Right. In all the ways. Yes. Yeah. That's what you mean. Um, and so that, You need to be able to do that right. with this person. And they need to be safe enough for you to do that with. Right. And you need to be vulnerable enough to allow them. Right. But then, and now I don't remember what the third thing was. Oh, the third thing was you have to accept them for who they are. Hmm. And, um, and this one I talk, anytime I do premarital counseling, I have this conversation of, there are things about this person that you don't like. You probably are thinking right now that those things are going to change or that you can change those things depending on what kind of personality you have. And I'm going to ask you if this part of who they are gets worse, (laughs) are you going to stay? Think about the worst parts of their personality. I know that's hard to do because you live in this love fog you know, love fog. It's a love fog. You know, you're looking through those love glasses. That needs to be a song. This is my, the love We have love fog. shack. No, no, that's already taken. <laughs> no, you're right, though. They are in a love fog. Mil Torme was the velvet fog. So this is the love fog. But, um, uh, but yeah, you know, you know, people that are about to get married, they're just, they're not able to see each other very well. Right. And and I always take one of our counseling sessions and usually it's like the second to last one because by then I've gotten a good g- grid for the ways that these two flow well together and the ways that they're bumping against each other. And so I, you poke the bumps. I turn the volume up on those bumps. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Because if I can break you up, then you shouldn't get married. That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> now that'll be a hundred dollars. Thank you. No. <laughs> and as you know, I've broken. Um, I have broken people up. That's right. You multiple have. people. Multiple people. Uh, and and I have been thanked for it as well. <laughs> well, it, I and I know you're being funny but am, at the but same time you're also being serious but you're not doing it in a mean manner you're just saying look these are going to be the things that the enemy's going to poke right well and when you've you know when the love fog settles down <laughs> these are going to be glaring things and you have to live with them right so the question is can you accept this about this person without any expectation of it ever getting better if the answer is yes, then you can move forward towards 
dedicating your life to them. Right. Because that's what you're doing. When you stand at that altar, you are not promising to be with the person you think they are. You are promising to be with them. And not only are they not who you think they are, probably, but they're also going to change. Right. Because marriage lasts your whole life if it's done right. And in 10 years, they're not going to be the person they are now. Because we all change. Yep. And saying yes at that altar means I'm not just saying yes today, but I'm saying yes 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years from now, no matter what happens. And obviously, like we said, no one should be staying in a divorce. In a, why do I keep doing that? No one should be staying in an abusive situation. Right. Um, but if we're just talking about this person has things about them that are difficult for me to deal with. You promised. Right. And you can't, that's a, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast we could do is talking about, I feel like a huge majority of people don't want to work through the tough stuff. Right. In life in general, not just marriage. Well, yeah, that is a whole other podcast. Yes, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that is an entirely different set of conversations. Yes, but it's but, but it flows especially. into that. Yeah. Well, and I hate things like I saw something where this married couple were on their honeymoon and they're looking at each other, and he says, "You really make me happy," and I, and I just wanted to throw something at the TV uh-huh. because, I, oh well, that that's the recipe for a marriage that's going to last five minutes, right? Right. Because tomorrow she may not. Right. And that's not her job anyway. Yeah. And that's not what love is. No. No. Well, we're marriage is a promise that we're going to learn how to love each other more every day. Mm-hmm. And. And accept them every day. Yeah. And be willing to be naked yeah. every day. Yeah. That doesn't mean I know. Somebody. I was, <laughs> it doesn't I was, mean that. I was rummaging through my mind. Do I say that out loud? It might, it might it, you know, it might mean that in the first couple of weeks of marriage. <laughs> because <but> every <laughs> guy would be like, what I hear her saying and him saying is, faster said. And I want that in writing. I know, exactly. Okay, so now's a good time for your word of the for day. For something. You're smart. Let's do the word of the day. Um. And I, and I have the word that I want to do, but I really need to. You really need okay. to what? The you word, already have one? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The word is obsequious. I know that word. You've used that word. I do use that word. But I want, it means obedient or attentive to an excessive or servile degree. Oh, my. Okay. And I really wish that my wife was more obsequious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eh, just, a bit nice I, knowing you i've been totally kidding she doesn't yep. listen to the podcast anyway. uh, that's true. She <laughs> no but you know the idea it's the it's the like yes master like you know i always that when i think of obsequious i think of of you know the guy from the dracula movies the the or, igor yes exactly um, you know he's bowing down and you know that he's he's obsequious that's that's what it means uh and, uh, and I just think that's a great word. 
I think awesome. obsequious is a great word. It just sounds fun to say, obsequious. Yes. Um, I think most people don't know what it means. No. <laughs> so. No, I didn't. I would have had to think about it for a minute. I try to keep my language to a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> All evidence to the contrary. Okay, anyway. So where do we go next? Okay, so the next question is... And why are you asking me questions? Why am I not asking you? So what are your top three things that are We were on to the next subject. <laughs> no. Um, let's see. What are my top three in a marriage? Honesty. Honesty is one of the top ones. I don't know if it is the top one, but I feel like honesty flows with a whole lot of uh, arms off of it. Because if you are being honest, you are showing respect. If you are being honest, that to me is showing a type of love. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I grew up in a home with my dad, not my mom, but with my dad, that everything was a lie. So I've had to work at um, that not being something that just, right. I, I, you lie to me and I'm done with you. I have to work at not being that person Yeah. because that's my first reaction. Because obviously, if you're going to lie to me, then you don't have respect, you don't care, da-da-da, blah-blah-blah, and it's not right. all that black and white. Yeah. Um, but I do feel that respect, uh, being honest, and that goes with being vulnerable. It, you know, it's got a yeah. lot of arms off of yeah. it. So that would be one. Honesty. <laughs> such a lovely way. I didn't hit that note at all. That nope. was really ugly. Anyway, go ahead. Leave that in. <laughs> Where, where is auto-tune? <laughs> okay, so my next one um, I think would be going along with what you said, accepting people where they are. Mm -hmm. Because, again, that's that's love. That's yep. showing love. Yeah. Um, it's the only way to be married for more than five minutes. It really is. It is. Uh, I think one of the, the biggest things is being willing to compromise. Mm. You have to be willing to be someone who compromises, not from a moral standpoint, right, right. but compromising in, um, that goes along with servanthood, that goes along with love, that goes yeah. along with... Um, I think I would have put it in the same category as accepting people. Where yes, that could be. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. No, I agree. And it's not any fun. No. If we're both unhappy... Then we probably did it right. <laughs> Who said that? that <laughs> I don't that, know. There was some. There was a. There was some famous politician that talked about that when he. If when we're he both talking, unhappy, we're probably doing it right. Yeah, and what he meant, <sighs> you know, what what he meant was we both have to, we both have to give up something that sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. In order to compromise and yes, sacrifice. To make, to, and he was yeah. talking about specifically about. I think he was talking about. Like the Versailles Accords, or the, or the, you know, that in war, at the end of World War One or World War Two, um, where, yeah, they were trying to hammer out these agreements, and that's that's what he said, and I, and I, I thought, well, that stinks. I don't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But that's what compromise really looks but like. Though. You you don't have to be happy all the time. Happiness is fleeting, so you have to be at peace. Right. There is a difference between what makes me happy, like you said. You make me happy. 
well, tomorrow you make me mad. Yeah. I can't make you anything. You have right. to make that choice. Um, but happiness is fleeting. Having a, you know, a contentment and a peace is so much deeper than that. Yeah. I think for me, the other one is y- you don't quit. Mm-hmm. You don't quit. Mm-hmm. Outside of the confines of abuse. Right. So I want to clarify that. Yes, always. Um, <clears throat> because, unfortunately, the Big C Church has not been good right. at times. Um, if I know if pastors some, that have looked at abused women with bruises on their bodies and told them that God hates divorce and they should stay with right. this man that beats them. Right. And I can't. No, I, w- I will never, ever, ever be that person and right. there needs to be better education which you know we we both sit on a board with jennifer's harbor and that's yes. one of her passions yeah. is is talking and teaching about that deb king and uh she's actually going to be coming to fremont um so. in a couple months yep. to teach and educate and, and do stuff like that and that that does need to be a part of it so i just wanted to clarify that but other than that it is we're not giving up we're not quitting yep. you know <laughs> Most people, you have a child, and no matter what they say or do, you still don't ever give up on them. Right. Most people. So why would you do that with your marriage? It's just as serious. It's just as intimate. It's just as important. It's the same. So those are mine. I like those. Those are good. Thanks. So we'll just do, you know, a top six. Yeah. And, And in no particular order. Right. No particular These six order. things are important. <laughs> With all the little subsets of everything. <laughs> uh, you know, that's, that's uh, yeah, all those are important. And they kind of overlap too. But Okay, so for me specifically in my marriage situation, mine was weird as far as how it came about me meeting Brian and that kind of thing. Um, what are the... Okay, let me ask it a different way. Um, I don't think us just being random and going, hey, you have the same belief system I do. I find you either mildly or excessively attractive. Outrageously attractive. Yeah, outrageously attractive. Um, You know, intellectually, it's stimulating to talk with you. I think we should get married. Why not? I don't think that that's a thing. But I also don't want to go over to the. There's the, only one person in the entire world. Exactly. God made specifically for me. Yes. You know, why are you speaking that way? I don't way? know why. I don't. I, you know. You know that. You know that I don't have. You are making fun of girls. No, no I'm not. <laughs> that could have been a guy. I I don't know too many guys who were that high. <laughs> I do. Um, <laughs> but I don't know the the accents that I put on things probably reveal my. My biases I a little think so. too powerfully, but because mm-hmm. um, uh, stupid people always have southern accents when, and, and I don't mean I, I, I don't. Sorry, mean folks, I'm going to throw something at him in a minute. I don't mean for that to happen, but it always. Does. I know we all do it. Uh, you know, it's, I'm going to blame society. Uh. Uh, but <laughs> what was I saying? I don't even remember. Yeah, I agree. There, the it those are those are ends. two extremes exactly of. Well, really, I could marry anybody, and you know, exactly, it would, it would work out. Or 
or you know or it's total chance and you just happen to meet someone yeah. or like there's you know this one person in the universe that is made specifically for me and and i heard somebody say if that's true then that person is probably chinese and they probably live on the other side of the planet what the heck? just because of the number of you oh. know china has two billion people oh, living okay. in it you know what i mean so when the you odds. think about numbers yeah yeah right i'm with you um <laughs> there's only 300 million people living in the united states of america right so so when you think of the entire planet does that make sense yes anyway <laughs> i died greg that wasn't a racist statement uh i understand I what you meant race, after you but, clarified okay um so where's the middle yeah that's a good question i don't know i i i, I mean i feel like people need to be more picky <laughs> And, and and pay attention raise to red flags. <laughs> raise the bar. Raise pays the bar. It, pay attention to the flags. Oh, I I I regularly tell, the fog. tell women, especially young ladies who are strong and powerful, and you know, I, I regularly tell them, please don't tame yourself. To catch a man. That's Please a hard don't. one. I have to tell you, that's a hard one. As a strong, powerful woman. If he woman. can't handle your power, then he can't handle you. Mm. But do you know women are worse about that towards other women? <laughs> that's very true. Than men are. That's very true. Except, I think, when it comes to dating relationships. I know a lot of men who will who just avoid powerful women mm -hmm. because they don't want to deal with it. Yeah. But I didn't have that in my life. My life was the girls would say things that you need to be of this course. way or you need but to be that way. we're not talking about that. <laughs> no, but it That's did affect me. It did well, affect sure me that did. who I was and how God made me was not good enough because I didn't act like them right. or even going so far as to, and my joke has always been, I'm the Proverbs 32 woman, and that <laughs> book got cut because no one wanted to read it because it talked about all the crazies. <laughs> but, you know, you, you try to live up to that Proverbs 31, what, how it's taught, which I did think you, is did, incorrectly. Was who was it that made an attempt to live an entire year as a Proverbs 31 woman? I, I think it might have been. Rachel Held Evans that did that. And and she was blogging as she was attempting to be a Proverbs 31 Do you woman. see my face? Uh, what? <laughs> what the heck? She was writing blogs. I'm not, I'm not coming down on her. Every week or whatever about like her attempts to be a, a Proverbs 31 woman. It was, a, it was satirical. I think you would have loved oh, it. Oh, okay. Honestly, like, please, please tell me she failed. It's like I tried to spin flax today, and <laughs> obviously we first know of this. All, where do you find flax? Exactly. Like... <laughs> Step one: Where the heck do you find flax? It's apparently in my cereal, but I don't know how to get it out. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, it was it was worth reading, and and the whole blog was really about this ridiculous standard that's been put out there that men are told by their spiritual leaders pursue that kind of woman and she's like this is ridiculous right you know 
Um, but, uh, but, but it is a thing, at least among oh, yeah. the women from this perspective, if you are demure and more quiet and proper and right. throw another adjective in there, um, <laughs> or adverb or whatever, throw that in there, you are more righteous, more accepted, more whatever. So sure, this right. a strong, powerful, opinionated women who yeah. da 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 it is That's why a lot of women, especially moms, when they take like the Enneagram test come out as a two, even if they're not uh-huh. at all. Didn't that happen to you? Yes. And you go, You're not and a two. You're not a two. Because you're not. <laughs> and but but they are culturally conditioned to want to come across as a two. Mm-hmm. Which is which the is helper, the caregiver, the nurturer, the nurturer yeah. the whatever. And that's that's what they're told their whole lives that this is, oh, this is your nature. This is who you are. Mm. And it's gross. It's disgusting. Not being a nurturer, clarify what you mean. No, no, no. That it's gross that we that are putting people, that on people. Yeah. When that's not necessarily who God created them to be. That's what's gross. No, nurturers are wonderful people. Right. Every two I know is a totally delightful person. Right. But but that thing that's out there that says women should just, you know, be barefoot and pregnant and in the kitchen and and doing whatever their husband tells them to do. You know, we had a guy, Rachel and I lived upstairs above a man and his wife when we were in when I was in college and um he forced his wife to wake up at 5 a.m. every day and pray with him. And I was in a class with him. Oh, it get, This was a whole year of us just, <laughs> I could not believe this guy. Was this in Texas? Yes. Oh, okay. We had a very not nice name for him. <laughs> for <this> name. <laughs> anyway, but you had a class with him. I had a class with him. And at one point when we were talking about something along these lines, he raised his hand and said to the professor, uh, but it says in the Old Testament that Sarah called her husband my Lord and God blessed her. And the, the, Excessive the professor just looked at him and said, good luck. And <laughs> That was when I knew I liked that professor. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is going to be a great class. Oh, my gosh. Good luck. <laughs> oh, my ex-husband used to quote scripture about that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Of course. Yeah. yeah because. Not that know, one, but he because would. Because. A woman shall be submissive Controlling to, people yes. will use whatever means they can mm-hmm. to control people. Mm-hmm. And the religious lever is particularly useful for that, hmm. which is part of why we have so many church scandals, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But let's have a random moment, okay. shall we? All right. I have some random things. Hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Hit me with um, the best shot. Earwax is actually a type of sweat. Wow. Did you know that? I'm glad it doesn't come out of all the other places on my body, though. If you're in armpits and you have like earwax, <laughs> armpit wax. I'm so waxy. It's so hot out here. There's I'm, times I'm I so feel like slimy and waxy when I sweat. <laughs> Let's 
Star Wax kind of smells bad, doesn't it? Like, like depends. It's usually kids. Kids are definitely that way. Um, the average nose produces about a cup full of nasal mucus every day. Why do you do this with the measurements? Because of I love messing fluids? with you. I will say that that you probably do two cups does not bother me as much as saliva. That one bothered me. But oh yeah, I know. Um, if you walked for twelve hours a day, it would take the average person six hundred and ninety days to walk around the world. Wow, cool. That's less than two years. <laughs> I'm gonna get started. All right, last one. No two. The body has 2.5 million sweat pores. And wax comes out of how many of them? <laughs> Apparently one on each side. I don't know. There's a big pore over here. I don't know. 2.5 million sweat pores. Fascinating. Yes. I think peop- some people have more than others. I think so. My boys and my husband definitely do. Every minute, last one, you shed over 30,000 dead skin cells. Nice. Nice. There you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was lovely. <laughs> How many of those dead skin cells has my wife ingested in some form or another? I don't know. <laughs> but it makes you want to have different sheets on your bed every single day, let me just say. I mean, I want that anyway. But I know. If know. I were to win the lottery, that would be uh, my thing. I want a gold toilet, too, and that's not going to happen. Why do you either. want a gold I toilet? I really don't. It's just okay. something people say. I definitely want new sheets on my bed every day. I would love that. Clean that sheets. They don't have to be new, but clean. Nice, clean sheets. Yes. The 50,000 count. Clean sheets. Yes. I want Egyptian cotton, like whatever. 50,000 thread. A million thread count. <laughs> I have no idea how, how high, what a high thread count actually I know it. is, but... Yes. Well, we are almost at an hour. I know we are. So I know we are. So we should talk a couple thoughts. more minutes. Yes. Last, last thoughts. thoughts on marriage. Sure. Marriage and is go. great. I recommend it to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we should at least. If you experience stomach upset, <laughs> vomiting, <laughs> consult your doctor. <laughs> an erection lasting more than four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get at least one in there. No, you, you didn't. You told me it had to be PG. So, you Gosh. know, I mean, you know, but. You're redonkulous. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about marriage. You're such sex a boy. Should be, sex should be a part of the conversation. No. Don't you think? No. Yes, it should. Nah. It should be a part of the conversation. That's such it a boy, such a girl should. comment. No, thing. it should. Because it is a part. Sex was created for marriage. It was. You're right. And so, and it is a part of what holds a, a marriage together in one way or another, even if it's not, you know, there's, there's going to be whole periods of any marriage where sex is maybe not even possible, right. but, but still. It is an intimate part of how God created right. humans is, to be. It is the most intimate expression of the person you are to be most intimate with. Mm-hmm. And, and again... A lot of people bring trauma into their situations, they do. especially girls. Yes. And we process things differently. We view sex differently than guys do. Yeah. And it's, it, I think, I think people are starting to get a little bit more woke 
to that. I know that's, I hate Ugh, that word. I, hate that I know word. I hate that word. They get, they're more aware of the differences between that because um, men don't tend to be as judgmental towards women, but women tend to be very judgmental towards men in the sex department. Really? Yes. Expecting a man to think like a woman as far as, um, well, he shouldn't, he shouldn't look at me that way or think about me that way. I mean, you know, he's just, he's just so gross or, um, why is he always thinking about this or, um, why is it that he won't show me affection except if it has to do with sex or, um, a guy should just, um, be able to see a naked woman's breasts and not have any kind of reaction. Right. And I just want to go, are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I'm not a guy, but I have a husband and I have eight of my 10 kids or boys. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I don't care what you're doing. If you're breastfeeding, if you're out on the beach, if you're whatever's, there's naked breasts there and they're going to be like, they might look away, but they're, you know, there's yeah. going to be a reaction because that's the way God made men much more visually yeah, stimulated. Visually stimulated, yeah. Mostly. And women, it's more emotionally. Yeah. But guys accept the girls that way, tend to, but girls don't accept the guys. They want the guys to be more emotional. And there there needs to be a compromise in that. There needs to be an understanding in that. And even early on in our marriage, I had trauma, had stuff to deal with, had to work through stuff. And if I was mad or upset and it was like, I'm, I'm not emotionally connected with you. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And so he would feel rejected. Yeah. And so it went back and forth and back and forth. Well, you're not understanding how I'm feeling. And we'd ratchet each other up with that. And it's almost like, um, at least it felt that way. And I asked him and he, he agreed. I said, is it kind of like, well, I don't necessarily need to eat lasagna every day, but if you tell me I can't have lasagna, then I'm going to crave it. <laughs> And because I was keeping that from him sure. for whatever reason, right. whether I was exhausted or I was mad at him or whatever it was, then he was more, I want to get her to want to have sex mm-hmm. kind of thing. He was mm-hmm. more focused on it. So I made a deal with him. And this was, gosh, 20 years ago. Uh, we'll be married 26 years in October. I had said, I won't ever tell you no. Mm. If you ask me and I say, I'm really not in the mood, but if you really need to, fine. But just know that there's going to be times I'm not emotionally connected and it has nothing to do with you. Sure. Or it may have something to do with you. Right. And <laughs> after, <laughs> however, me saying that statement alone yeah. changed our sex life. Of course it did. Because yeah. he didn't feel like I was keeping something from him. I wasn't withholding an intimacy or, and it wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't usually like that, but if no. I were but you can spent see and exhausted would receive it that way. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that's what I was trying to get at as far as, you know, we, we operate so differently and I feel like there's, there needs to be an understanding and acceptance well, of that. My thing about it is, that every single the sexual part of 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 every relationship um is going to be different than the sexual part of any other relationship right 
Uh, and so that means that doesn't matter. It, this is something the two of you are going to have to discover. Right. Together. And work through it. What does it. this look like for us? Right. And no other couple can tell you that that's not how it, you know, that you're doing this wrong or there's, you know, whatever. Inside the bonds of marriage, of course. And when it comes to marriage, you know, this is this is something that is absolutely unique. This relationship between the two of you has never existed before and it will never exist again. And so learning what that looks like for the two of you and learning how to communicate well and learning how to, you know, take care of each other and learning how to accept each other. I mean, all the stuff we talked about, learning how to be honest with each other, learning, you know, all of that is as real in, in the sexual component of your lives as it is in all of the other component of components of your relationship. Right. But a lot of times that seems to be segregated and put in its of own Of course it is because category. it's a taboo. Yes. We're not allowed to, you know, we're not allowed to talk about it. It's dirty or whatever. Right. Um, men, or it's too private. There, there, is a, there is a feeling, and I think I can speak for most, I think most men feel this way, that men feel like they should know about sex, that they should have like it's a part of being a man yeah that that's an expectation on them that they should be worldly enough or you know mature enough or whatever that they know how this works and and whatever right. and so a lot of men are too embarrassed to admit that they don't know what they're doing sure and so you have two very two very unsatisfied partners right um and that component of their relationship becomes unhealthy. And because that is such an intimate thing and such a vulnerable place and connected to so many other things about who we are, that um, it poisons the rest of the relationship quickly. Yeah. And which is why that is in premarital counseling, whatever, we take one whole session just to talk about that. Right. Because expectations need to be on the table, because, you know, <laughs> what uh, experience as far as yeah. you know what has your experience been if there's trauma, et cetera, right. and a, a lot of couples that I talk to, which they're mostly Christian couples, so they're mostly couples that aren't having sex at the time, um, have not had even a, a beginning conversation about it. Well, and even in our situation. I was divorced twice and had two kids, so obviously I had had sex twice right. before we got married, and that was never brought up, that part of it. Wow. I mean, we talked about the spiritual aspect, we talked yeah. about the financial aspect, um, talked about that, but the actual sexual you know, component of, you know, Brian was a virgin. Mm. I was very much not. Yep. And how does that translate? How does right. that work? Um, and I had trauma. Yeah. And... None of that was ever discussed. And I right. think that's incredibly important. Oof, that's horrifying. Yeah, it is. Now, we, you know, obviously we've made, made it, it through, through and we, yeah. Praise um, the Lord. And we didn't have, we didn't have like super bad issues right. in that. But there was a, one point that, 
after having a couple of kids, I mean, good Lord, you don't have any kind of libido as a woman and, you know, all those things in life and, and whatever. And then the ratcheting each other Mm -hmm. up. So we had a period of time there that it was a little rough, not catastrophic by any stretch, but it could have been. But that, that reality that the, Oh, by the way, the our our sexual relationship as it, as it exists today is not what is is going to change. Oh, throughout through out the time that we're married, it's going to wax and wane. It's going to mature. It's going to be different. It's yep. there are going to be like I said, there's going to be whole seasons of you know a, a couple that's married until they're much much older. That's not even going to be a part of their relationship. You know, I know we live in the Viagra age, but it's still. Well, know, there just, comes a point where you're like, but never mind. Physically, it's yeah. not just not going to be a part of their relationship. At right. some point, at some point, that's going to cease to be a part of this relationship. Right. And and all of those things need to be talked about. Yep. And, uh, and a lot of times they aren't, which is why I thought it was important to mention it. Thanks. In this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I think if we went back and looked, I think you actually did more talking about it than I did. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay. We will finish with, with your the pun. pinnacle pun, pun of the day. Oh, the day. It needs to be a sex pun. I don't have it. I don't have sex puns. Uh, uh, I went to see the doctor about my short-term memory problems, and the first thing he did was make me pay in advance. Okay, that's just smart. <laughs> uh, but I don't remember what he said. <laughs> Why did I pay this bill? <laughs> that was dumb. Uh, are, they're all dumb. I know, but you... some of them are pretty snappy. Okay, and... my favorite one. Did I? Did I don't. I did... think you did. You shared your favorite one. Did I don't do, remember what it I was. Do the one about the the. The grief counselor yes, that I tell that you one? did. That is still my favorite one. And Ian goes around sharing it. Or Ian claims it. He claims it. Ian he was sharing it with Isaiah on our way his. back from the the fireworks yes. on Fourth of July. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've heard this like four times. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's still funny to me. It still makes me laugh. It is. I that really, one's a good really one. Like that one. Um, yeah. My job really here do. is done. My favorite is Bob Newhart. Real quick. The, the skit where he is the counselor and the lady comes yes. in and is... Stop it. Yeah. Just stop it. Wait, so just quit doing it. Yes. Just stop it. Yes. And he's usually just always the sweet guy and doing whatever. And it's just, stop it. <laughs> I showed that These to Brittany. These words are going to change your life. Yes. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> These 10 words, you might want to write these down. Stop it or I'm going to lock you in a box or something like that. Because bury you. Bury you alive in a box. That's yes. right. <laughs> Stop it or I'm going to bury you alive in a box. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All, All right. right. Well, thank you, podcast listeners, for another fun-filled <laughs> time talking about marriage. That's right. No, it was good. If you this have was complaints, a good the Michelle's email hey. is <laughs> randomtangentspodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, thoughts, queries, posers, ideas, suggestions, things you'd like us to talk about, things you'd like us not to talk about, <laughs> puns you never want to hear again, big words that you want to suggest, or you can go to facebook.com slash randomtangents. 
Is it Random Tangents Podcast or Random Tangents? I don't know. I don't you remember. set that up I and think I don't it's Random remember. Tangents. And of course, the website is randomtangents.show. All right. Thanks, All right. guys. Bye. Bye.